Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Rolling, rolling, rolling with amazing brothers and sisters here today at Love Life Washington Conference. If you're listening to this and you're a listener to the podcast, you've probably been catching a ton of amazing interviews and conversations already with people like Eric Metaxas and John Amanchukwu, one of your guys' favorite here on, on Aborted, Dr. Anthony Leventino, and, and many, many more. And this conference was the result of warrior pastors like Jack Hibbs um, and the Love Life team in Southern California that helped put together a massive conference that got people engaged in sidewalk counseling. And babies have been saved because of that. Uh, we're not into conferences for their own sake, but if they can save lives and activate people, then we're all for it. And then Washington Warriors got excited about it and brought it here. And so here we are, October 1st, 2022, in Bothell, Washington at Cedar Park Church. Tomorrow morning, October 2nd, which will be past the point when you're listening to this, we'll be doing our Tour Stop 5 for the White Rose Resistance National Life Tour. We'll be releasing that as well. And so hopefully these bless you. Send these to people. But... Justin Reeder, brothers and sisters, Justin Reeder, CEO and founder of Love Life, who I first had on the podcast back in 2021, early in 2021. And uh, the amount of children that have been saved, families that have been restored, souls that have been saved, uh, because Justin was more committed to being like Gideon than Lot and tearing down the high places of child sacrifice in his community. And sometimes it takes one man with a vision and the obedience and audacity to pursue that vision and calling, and uh, people follow suit. And so we want to spend some time talking with Justin about the moment that we're in right now. hope it blesses you. This is a somber, sober conversation because we're living in dark times, but they're exciting times if the good people will wake up. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Justin, good to see you again, brother. Seth, good to be back, man. <laughs> this is fun. It's fun doing ministry together. It's good. It is good. Um, it's crazy that it was already this year that we were California. at Jack Hibbs for Love Life California. And uh, that feels like more than a year ago. Yeah. And I've uh, I've turned 31 since uh, we getting watched old, did man. that. Getting old, I know my wife. Three kids now. Three kids. One in the womb. One in the womb. Yeah, yeah. The wife's always pointing out how many grays I've got here. And you know <laughs> I'm what? Getting some too. You know bro. what? I just noticed. This is yeah. not fair at all, ladies and gentlemen. Justin Reeder, several years older than me. I don't see a single gray hair. I got a few in there. So the either book. the genes are better, Justin, or <laughs> I've just like been. I need to slow down because I'm graying myself or something. I don't know. Anyways, you're looking good, man. <laughs> It's good to be here with you, brother. Uh, Listen, guys, one of the things you need to understand about Justin um, and the reason why Love Life is such a a dear ministry partner of, you know, my humble podcast and the new ministry and everything is because I think Justin has the heart of a Bonhoeffer, brother, and, and you are not into ideas um, for sort of the, the massaging of, uh, you know, uh, intellect and pride and because i mean the bible says pride puffs up right mm-hmm. and and ideas and intellect and feeling smart and and feeling like you have a, a good grasp of history and ideas it puffs up and and attached from a sense of duty and stewardship attached from a, a recognition that our, our minds are gods and we're supposed to love him with our minds um, mm-hmm. it becomes a vain pursuit because what's the point if you're not pursuing virtue if you're not pursuing Christ, the divine logos of the universe, mm. right? So one of the things I, I love about you, Justin, I told you this off air earlier, but <clears throat> is that 
you're not really into conferences if they're not geared towards action. Because what's the point if we're not living differently, right? Oh. And so I shared this with you, and now I want to share it again just because people are tuning in, and then I want, to, I want you to share what's on your heart. Um, but, uh, I mean, Eric Metaxas just got off stage mm-hmm. talking about Dietrich Bonhoeffer. It's powerful. One of the world, one of the top experts on the life of Bonhoeffer, yep. the, the amount of hundreds of hours he obviously put into study to write the book Bonhoeffer, which I read at 20 years old, mm. and now I'm 31. So, I mean, the book's, you know, I mean, he, it's been around for a while already. But Dietrich Bonhoeffer would once say, <clears throat> he said, just do and dare what is right, mm. not swayed by the whim of the moment. Bravely take hold of the real, not dallying now with what might be, mm. not in the flight of ideas, but only in action is freedom. Mm. Make up your mind and come out into the tempest of the living. Then at last, oh, God's command is enough and your faith in him to sustain you. Mm. Then, at last, freedom will welcome your spirit amid great rejoicing. Mm. Because it's not a segmented, compartmentalized life. You're you're now the same person everywhere, and you're going to consistently pursue what you've been called to. So I know a lot of people, Justin, even in nonprofit pro-life spaces or in the church, who sound very pro-life. They sound like pro-life warriors with their words, Mm. but they're not living it. And you built a ministry, basically, if I may, you know, input my perspective onto you, basically around the idea that only in action is freedom. So by God's grace, man, grateful yeah, for you, and and just be clear, yes, I'm not a huge fan of conferences, but I do love an intellect, and I love your ability to communicate history, man. What a gift that is, and we need we need all of these different giftings. You know, God built you a certain way that is very important and vital for the body of Christ to help. Uh, spur us on and and, and 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 remind us of history, remind us of 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 how the enemy has been working for hundreds of years, yeah. but also how the Lord has been working through brave people like Bonhoeffer. Um, the Lord just built me in a, in a way of making things simple yeah. and and just steps of action. That's just the way I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we we were practicing. Well, you just talked about how we believe our faith. Um, should encompass every area of our life. And so we've been in the marketplace. We were practicing marketplace ministry, ministering to employees, ministering to our clients, living Mm -hmm. out our faith in in the marketplace. But when we were confronted with the issue of abortion, I had asked myself, well, do I believe that my faith should be in this space as well? And and really, you know, I I came face to face with that question and that reality. And and I just knew once I came face to face with it that I had to change something. I had to do something. I didn't know exactly what doing looked like at the time. God really inspired a vision in our hearts of how to mobilize mm-hmm. the church. Wow. And we're just trying to be faithful with that. Wow, man, that's powerful. Um, <clears throat> you shared your story on this podcast before, Justin. But yeah, I mean, that's essentially your story. You were just in the marketplace, you're a businessman. Things were pretty cush for you, right? Yeah. I mean, you're doing well, hiring, growing a business. You know, um, you know wh- why not? Why not just sacrifice the children um, so that you can remain comfortable, build your business. Yeah. You don't want to be associated with those hot topics, Justin. You know, it might harm your bottom line. You might lose some clients. Yeah. And you know, we need to we need to be honest. There are a lot of Christians who function that way. They may not say it verbally, <clears throat> but we know about the idol of cultural respectability, yeah. the idol of money, the mm-hmm. idol of convenience, mm-hmm. and the amount of damage that that has wrought on the family and first and foremost unborn babies. 
uh, cannot be overstated. Yeah. And we were doing what a lot of people would call like radical Christianity. I mean, we were, you know, very bold about our faith in, in the marketplace. You know, we didn't shy away from that at all. We got about 70 employees and we're, they all know what we believe, where we stood, did Bible studies, discipleship training. We were doing inner city ministry with refugees, wow. you know, so it would have been considered radical Christianity. <laughs> um, but none of that was really that controversial, you know. Sure. Uh, but when we came face to face with this issue, uh, we knew it was going to cost us something, but um, but honestly, we didn't even really think about that. It was just, you know, we, we love God, we love His Word. It became clear to us that children were dying in our city, they're being murdered in our city, and we had a duty, we had an obligation to do something about it. Yeah. Um, and so we just have been trying to, to be faithful to that. And we meet so many other brave souls along the way that have um, taken a, a, a a much bigger hit than we have. Pastor Alec was one of them. Uh, yeah. Today he, he he spoke, and I was speaking to him off stage how he lost a third of his congregation whenever he started taking a bold stand yep. for this issue. I think about um, Pastor Lee Stokes, who's a pastor at an abortion clinic right next door in Greensboro. He lost a huge part of his congregation <clears throat> and, and experienced major back backlash. I think about Pasquale Canali um, in the Bronx, New York. He owns um, an Italian deli in the yeah, Bronx. Yes. And this man, once he found out about the reality of abortion in his city, uh, not only did he get involved financially, but he started coming out to the abortion clinic, started showing up with his family often. But wow. on top of that, he, he had a giant mural painted on his building in the Bronx that says we are closed on Saturdays because we are praying to stop the killing of innocent children through abortion. <laughs> and it was, I mean, a giant mural in the Bronx, the most pro-abortion borough in New York, and he yeah. obviously faced major backlash. And so we're encouraged by other believers that are taking a bold stand for righteousness. And that just, that fuels our fire and our faith to keep yeah. going. Yeah, amen. What does the landscape look like in sidewalk counseling and love life getting churches engaged now in sort of the post Roe versus Wade yeah. moment? And, and what has that meant for your team strategically, opportunities mm -hmm. or difficulties depending on the state? Yeah, so, you know, we, we see states going you know different ways obviously we see some going more pro-abortion some leaning more pro-life um, but what we're finding and even in the states that are more pro-life there's still one of three things happening number one um, we do see uh, more moms that are choosing life in those states or taking it as a sign hey um, the government has recognized that this is a life um, i don't want to drive you know three hours away to have an abortion so they take it as a sign and they're making a choice for life that's that's the ideal thing and that is happening some we yeah. won't know how much it's happening until numbers come out later but also second what we see happening is people are traveling they're traveling to north carolina they're traveling to wow. to california they're traveling to new york um, and so to, to still go to these abortion clinics. But what an opportunity for us in Charlotte, where we're seeing a huge influx in abortions, what an opportunity for all of these people to be coming to Charlotte, where we're very positioned and ready to receive these moms, where we mm -hmm. have hundreds of churches ready to stand hundreds, with these families. Yeah. So we say bring them all to Charlotte. Bring, I mean, bring the whole country to Charlotte. Amazing. You know, yep. in one end, it's heartbreaking to see it's that many people. It's probably the most Christian-covered city. It is to save unborn children from uh, in the country. Is that true? Yeah, it by God's grace. I mean, we've, we've that's been an amazing, building an that's amazing, an amazing team for years and years. To be able to say. Let me say that again, folks. You know Love Life, some if you've engaged with me, because we do conferences together now. But, um, but 
it is accurate to say that Charlotte, North Carolina is the, you could say in one way, is the safest place for an unborn child to find themselves. Now, the, in another way, you could say not because they still have abortion centers. Yeah. And uh, if that mom does not engage with that sidewalk counselor, then her child is still in grave danger. Um, but to mm-hmm. say that your city has the biggest Christian covering outside of every abortion center every day, mm-hmm. offering the hope of Jesus and the help of the local church. That's a powerful testimony to be able to say, brother. Yeah, I mean, we're very thankful. The church is, is rising up and continuing to rise up in the Charlotte area and across North Carolina. Uh, so on one hand, it's heartbreaking to see that many yeah. people traveling, you know, yeah, from that from, committed to yeah, from Alabama and yeah. Tennessee, from Texas, I mean, from all over, traveling to yeah. our state to have these abortions. And abortion numbers have gone way up because we got all these people traveling. But at the same side, we're nowhere are we better positioned right. uh, to respond to this nine one one moment than in Charlotte because the church is engaged, the church is awake. And now there's other cities, even across California, where we have a lot of experience together. That uh, amazing momentum is taking place. Yep. Um, so, but but we see that happening. That's that's the second thing we see happening in these pro-life states. The third thing that we see is, unfortunately, you got a lot of abortions taking place at home now. You know where people are yes. ordering the abortion pill, getting it in through the mail. Um, and how do you sidewalk counsel that? And you can. And so this is how we combat that. We work with churches to be house of refuge churches. And for those who don't know what that means, it's simply a pastor who communicates a message and we help equip you to, com- to communicate this message. And here's what we will do and here's what we will not do for anybody facing an unplanned pregnancy. It takes like 90 seconds to read it. We encourage them to post it publicly, post it in your lobby, post it on your website. Let it become a part of the fabric and the DNA of your church. We train an individual in your church to, to help you back it up that can help train other people in your church so that people within your church, number one, are not running to the abortion clinic, but also people within your church that have had abortions can find healing and restoration. Yeah. Uh, but thirdly, you are helping equip your congregation to mm. carry that message into neighborhoods, into the yes, workplace, yes. into the schools, yep. so that when a mom does find herself in an unplanned pregnancy, she's not driving to Charlotte, or she's yep. not driving to California, but she's running to a house of refuge church. Yeah, the people in her life are saying, well, hey, our church will take care exactly, of you. Exactly, because yeah, it's yeah. being talked about on a regular basis. Yep. It's a part of the fabric, the DNA of the church, yep. and it's not just something that's being spoken about, as important as that is, but people are ready to back it up. Yep. They're ready to come alongside of these families, uh, meet material needs, spiritual needs, um, You know, throwing the baby shower, ongoing mentoring and discipleship. And so that's how we fight that. Because like you said, you know, someone's getting an abortion pill in the mail, they're not having to go to an abortion clinic yeah. where we have sidewalk outreach happening. How do you combat that? We have to get into the neighborhoods. We have to get into the marketplace. Yep. We have to get into the schools. And there's no better place to do that than starting with local churches, with pastors mm. that are equipping their people to carry that message into, into the culture. That is powerful. Yeah. Yep, because it becomes part of the ethic and, and uh, culture of the church. That's right. Yeah, but, I mean, in many ways, just in the church in America and in a lot of our deep blue states, unfortunately, um, have not been equipped or discipled 
to ever live like that. Yeah, it's it seems too radical. But but mm-hmm. it, you know because their faith is not impacting every part of their life. Unfortunately, it's not something that they would talk about right. usually. And that's been one of the tragic lessons of history is that is that the forces of darkness have often been so much more committed to death and their agenda mm-hmm. than the people of God have been to oppose that agenda yeah. and to promote life mm-hmm. and to build the family. And uh, so today, Justin, I, I talked about uh, Gideon um, and a, a brother of mine laid this passage on my heart recently. And I think it's a message for the church today. And I want to get your thoughts on it because I just, I, in your work with churches, you know, we're always trying to figure out what's the best way to get people engaged mm-hmm. and woken up. Yep. You know, if, if uh, overturning Roe versus Wade isn't going to get you excited, if, uh, you know, California legalizing abortion through point of birth and writing into the state constitution is not going to wake you up. Like, how do we wake you up? Yeah. And for the Christians who still say they believe in the word of God, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think diving into some of those spiritual realities and those biblical examples that teach us everything we need to know today. Yeah is maybe one part of that puzzle, but yeah. you're a student of the word too. But basically, yeah, Gideon, you know, he's hiding out in a cave, threshing his own wheat because mm-hmm. the Midianites are stealing everything the Israelites make. Yep. And then uh, God comes to Gideon in a cave and he's like, mighty man of valor. And Gideon's thinking, where have you been? <laughs> you told us you were the God who brought us out of Egypt. Our, our grandfathers told us the stories and now here we are being oppressed and you've been out, you've been gone. Yeah. And uh, God cooks him a meal, or Elijah cooks him a meal. God lights it on fire, and like, oh, okay, it's you. And then, mm-hmm. and then, first thing God tells Gideon to do when he walks out of that cave, it says that same night. It says in mm-hmm. Judges six, that same night, God told Gideon, "Go tear down that altar of Baal and Asherah." Mm-hmm. He doesn't download a strategy for military engagement. Yep. He doesn't say time to go lop off the heads of the Midianites. He says we're going to start with the root cause. Yeah. We're going to start. I told you to stop sacrificing my babies. I told you to not pass them through the fire. I told you to stop killing my children. Go tear down that altar to the sex goddess Asherah that sexualizes a community through orgies and unbridled sexual activity, which results in unwanted babies, so you just give them to Baal. Go tear that down. Yep. Go chop that in half and go tear down that altar to Baal. We're going to start there. Yep. And that's, whoa. You know, so you get these woke pastors saying like, oh, Justin, I, I'm not a one-issue guy. That, that, so if you're called to pro-life, Justin, praise God for your passion. All right, we talked about that before, but I'm not called to that one. Yeah. God would say, no, 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 no. I ain't bringing you out of oppression. I ain't pouring out my spirit on this land. Mm-hmm. You ain't going to have any liberation or freedom until we deal with the baby killing. Yep. He deals with Israelites' abortions before he deals with anything else. That's right. And you see that throughout Scripture. It's not only there with Gideon. Um, you see that in Isaiah, you see that in Jeremiah, you even go all the way back to the beginning in Genesis. I mean, the, the very first thing that happens, you know, Cain kills Abel, the blood is crying out from the ground. Yeah. You know, are you, am I my brother's keeper? There's kind of this indifference, this question, am I my brother's keeper? You know, and it's, we kind of do the same thing. Like, is that really my issue? Like, you know, we're preaching the gospel, we're evangelizing. Am I my brother's keeper? There's this indifference. Um, when we need to be more like Phineas, um, in Psalm 106, it talks about Phineas. Phineas was the man that was zealous for the honor of God. 
and he was remembered for, for his zealousness for the honor of God. When there was sin in the camp, he didn't just talk about it, he dealt with it. Um, and, and God remembered his faithfulness, and he said, I will remember you for generations to come because you were zealous for my honor. Wow. And we have to be more zealous for the honor of God. Um, and get his priorities correct. This is not just a issue. I believe this this is the issue. That's right. Um, the most important thing that God created was people. Yeah. And, and thank God for plants and animals and all of those amazing things that God created. But there was only one thing that was made in the image of God. Yep. And we got that wrong in 1973 when we passed Roe v. Wade. Um, we made it legal to kill the thing that is most vital to God, which is yep. human beings. And in the same year, 1973, we have the Endangered Species Act, which criminalized killing unborn turtles. So in the same year, in January, we, we create open season on human beings to where it's legal to kill children, which is what God values the most. And in that same year, we legalize, um, or excuse me, we criminalize uh, destroying turtle eggs, preborn turtles or preborn eagles. So our priorities have, have gotten way out of whack. They're not in line with God's priorities, that people are the most valuable thing to him. Um, and we have been become dis disillusioned ourselves as believers. We are, we are reaping what we've sown. Um, we're delusioned about this, that we think, you know, it's not my issue. Am I my brother's keeper? Like, why, why are you looking at me? And we don't look at this as, as we've talked about many times, as pro-life ministry. This is just Christianity yeah. 101. We love what God loves. We value what he values, and we're, we're zealous for his honor. And when you're destroying wow. the image of God, um, you, you are coming against the honor of our king. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we're stirred about. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to say this, too, that uh, w without being first, being comes before doing. And what I mean by that is... Um, if we don't have a personal relationship with God, you, I think your question was, you know, how do we get people active? You know, if, you know, what is it going to take if, if California is becoming a sanctuary for the abortion? When are yeah. people going to wake up? Well, I think the key element is, is there intimacy with the Lord? Is there true discipleship taking place within the church? I'm afraid that we've become a mile wide and an inch deep. Mm. And there, there isn't that true right. connection with the Lord as it talks about in John 15. You know, that He is the vine and we are the branch. And I have to be in you and you have to be in me. And apart from me, you can do nothing. Right. Um, and so we, we can't just muscle up strength um, to go do this work. There has to be an intimacy with the Lord where we can mm. hear His voice as Gideon yeah. heard His voice. Most of us aren't pausing long enough right, wow. to hear the voice of God. Hmm. And that's a discipleship deficit. We haven't taught people how to slow down, how to put the phones away, how to get quiet with the Lord, how to pray and how to fast. Hmm. And I believe that prayer and fasting turns down the noise of the world and turns up the volume of heaven. Mm. But how many people have been really taught to do that? We don't, we don't talk about fasting much anymore. That's true. We don't talk about getting before the Lord um, and being accountable to one another and growing, and not just yeah. growing in knowledge, but growing, hey, are you, are you reading the Word? But more importantly, are you obeying the Word? Wow. It, to me, it all goes back to that, Seth. If we want to see the church get on the move, we have to get serious about discipleship with one another. And discipleship is not 
another prayer meeting or another worship service. Now, those things are great. I'm not against those things. But I'm talking about life on life, in relationship, in the Word of God, and challenging people to obey the Word of God. And part of obedience is like what Phineas did. There was sin in the camp, and he dealt with it. Wow. God wants us to deal with sin. He's very serious about it. He said, if, if your right arm causes you to sin, cut it off. Right. I mean, that's how serious he is about sin. Now, he doesn't, he's not meaning for us to literally do that, but he, he's saying, I'm serious yeah, about it. Yeah. And I want, you to, I want you to be zealous for my honor, and I want mm. you to deal with these things. And that can't just happen in a one Sunday morning, um, you know, or one day a week from the yeah. pulpit. Now, it's important for it to be said there. It's important for it to be talked about there. But really, it happens in places like this. Yeah. In these conversations, people being in one another's lives, being yep. challenged in the Word, and challenged to obey the Word. Wow. You talk a lot about uh, the verse that says, uh, bear fruit. Keeping with repentance. Keeping with repentance. Yeah. John the Baptist, yeah. It's, you know, we, we think about you know, repentance for a long time. I was in this camp. I would think about repentance as you know, a sober prayer. Um, you know, God forgive me for what I've done, and and it typically always begins with that. Begins with a prayer, begins with a confession. But true repentance never ends with a prayer. Yeah, you know, it, it's a turning. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Turn from your wicked ways. Yeah, right. Yeah. Isaiah one. You talked about it today. Stop doing wrong and learn to do right. Yeah. So it's you have to turn. You have to then stop doing the wrong, but you also have to learn to do right. And then John the Baptist says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. So there's an ongoing work to see it happen. Yeah, wow. That's good. I opened my talk uh, today, Justin, with some of these wokey woke cowards, cheap grace, syncretist leaders like Chelsea Smith, the wife of Judah Smith, the former mentor pastor of Justin Bieber, right? Yeah. Um, and that they, they pastored or pastor in this area. Mm. So we, we are in their area. Okay. I forget. I that. Uh, we'd have to ask the team here if, uh, if Chelsea and Judah Smith still pastor here, but they have, and a lot of the people at the conference today, brother, uh, sat under them as youth pastors. Mm. Okay. So this is their that. territory, yeah. which is why I ran with that. And so she was on this thing with Emmanuel Acho, this total joke of a guy, um, not a Christian, says he is, but, and they were all mourning that Roe v. Wade got overturned. That was what the whole uncomfortable conversation, it was literally the most massage comfortable, like-minded yeah. conversation you yeah. can imagine. Um, just saying how sad it was that babies can be, are somewhat more protected now, and then maybe this is an opportunity mm. for us to turn this whole thing around. And Chelsea Smith, to your point, I'm bringing it full circle here, brother. She says in there, she says, I'm going to put the emphasis where God puts the emphasis. And mm-hmm. he puts it on love compassion and forgiveness mm-hmm. and and that those were the three things she said love compassion and forgiveness and you pause and you go huh and then Bonhoeffer's voice started speaking and mm. he said cheap grace is forgiveness without repentance mm-hmm. yeah. whoa right yeah. and so isn't it funny these woke pastors who would pay lip service maybe to the value of life in the womb they don't even understand the gospel. Mm-hmm. God, God, really, that, that, that's yeah. your theology. Thank you for g- explaining yeah. to me your theology, mm-hmm. that you believe God's emphasis is love, forgiveness, and compassion, not repentance. Yep. Repent and believe for the kingdom of God, God is at hand. hand. Christ's right. first public ministry words. Mm-hmm. And the New Testament has 100 and, uh, 120, 130 or more 
references to Christ's kingdom, mm-hmm. where it's like 54 times the word love shows up. Yep. He came here to establish his kingdom and part of high kingdom business throughout the entirety of scripture is stop killing the babies. Yep. Yep. Or I'm going to continue giving you over That's right. to your debased desires and to be ruled by those who hate you. And so uh, I, I just I just grateful for you, brother. It's just a powerful word that you just shared. And I hope that spurs people on yeah. um, that there is no discipleship without repentance. Mm-hmm. And there is no discipleship without obedience. Yeah. That's right. I add one other thing. You know, not only is is kingdom so much of the focus and repentance so much of the focus throughout Scripture, and He is King of Kings and He's Lord of Lords and He's over everything. But Jesus said that the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And He gives us um, an example of what loving your neighbor is. I mean, He could have described anything when He yeah. talked about loving your neighbor. Uh, but instead, he, he decided a very dangerous place where there's a man beaten and left to die. And, and to the question, and who is my who neighbor? Who is my neighbor? When he was asked, who is my neighbor, this is what he, he chooses yeah. to respond with. Um, and, and it's a very long story in the scripture. So if we want to talk about focus and what did, what did God focus on in scripture, <laughs> you know, the greatest command, the second command, um, he spends a lot of time on this one. And he describes someone who's beaten and left to die. Um, in a very dangerous situation that uh, that cost you something to get involved yeah. with that situation. It was a dangerous situation. It wasn't liked. It wasn't popular. The religious leaders of the day didn't want to touch it. Yeah. Um, and so if we want to we want to talk about that priority wow. of scripture, I mean, there's one and two right there, and that's why we boil our ministry down. This is just simply loving God and loving people. Yeah, yeah. That's really what this is about. Yeah. It's about loving the Lord with all of our heart and soul, wow. mind, and strength, but also loving our neighbor as ourselves. Wow. But you know what, Justin? Um, it's not the same because our church isn't sacrificing babies. We're a pro-life church over here, Justin. Uh, in fact, you know what? I just preached an awesome Sanctity of Life a Sunday message. Yeah, yeah, you, go, you should go listen to it. And uh, I gave the pregnancy center director um, 10 minutes to share about her ministry. And we even gave her a table in the foyer. And we even told people to financially support her pregnancy center, Justin. Yeah. But we're not sacrificing our babies mm-hmm. here at this church. So everything you're saying about child sacrifice and all of these things, we're not doing that. First off, stats would, would say otherwise. Stats would say that people that have abortions were attending a local church. About 40% of people with, with that have abortions say they were attending a local church at least one time within the month of when they had an abortion. So that's that's a fact. Um, but, but second off, um, you know, God calls us to care for the least of these, mm-hmm. the most vulnerable among us. And there's no one who's more vulnerable and the children that are in the womb that are being hauled off to the death camps. Yep. Um, and, and I want to help kind of change, maybe there's someone listening to this who's not with us yet, um, a pastor, ministry leader, believer, that we got to stop looking at this as just an issue. This is a mission field. Uh, we mm. th- These abortion clinics are mission fields. These are yeah. where broken and hurting people are showing up and where innocent humans are scheduled to die. We can't say that about anywhere else in our cities. Now, there's a lot of broken and hurting people across our cities, whether it be homelessness or yep. sex trafficking. But the, but the second part of that sentence of, we know where innocent humans are scheduled to die, you can't say that about anywhere else. If we knew where the next school shooting was gonna take place, we knew where it was gonna happen, we knew the location, we knew the time, 
we would show up. Yep. And so really the question comes back to, do we really believe it's a life? Yeah. Do we really believe that the life in the womb has the same value good. as children that get shot at elementary schools or any, any other tragedy? Yeah. Do we believe the value is the same? Because if we do, we have the address, yeah. we have the time, we know where they're showing up, and we have the message of hope yeah. and reconciliation to offer these families. And we hear it all the time. We just did another testimonial video out of California with a precious young lady that showed up to the abortion clinic. And in her own words, and we hear this all the time, but you can see it on our website, she said, I was looking for a way out. Wow. I was looking for a way out. We hear that hundreds and hundreds of times. That's like the lowest hanging yes. mission ministry fruit you could imagine right. as a church. It's like fishing <laughs> you know, in a barrel. Like, I mean, we know where these people are. Yeah, yeah. We know we're hurting people So it's are. funny, right, Justin? It was not funny, but I mean, in, you know, in a dark way. It's, even if you didn't care about the baby in the womb, yeah. this would be just a no-brainer for ministry. Incredible if you outreach. didn't care about the baby because you just yeah. knew how broken these families were, how ready they would be for the gospel. That's right. But that, not even that will drive us there, much yeah. less the babies. <laughs> yeah, such an incredible outreach. I mean, we're seeing five to 10 salvations a week wow. just from doing ministry in front of the abortion clinic. Yeah. On top of that, we're seeing about 20 lives that are saved every single week just from being present. And the same mom that I just talked about, in her own words, she says that now she's being mentored and discipled in the church. They've thrown her a baby shower. Her baby's born now. They're continuing to walk with her and love her. And they're, at, they're asking her questions. And in the video, in her own words, unprompted, unscripted, she says, we have to go where we know they need us. She's talking about abortion clinics. This is so a mom that chose life who reckon she's a new believer and she in her own wow. just understanding recognizes the very simplicity of we have to go where we know they need us. I mean, it's simple. Children can understand this. Um, and, and it's time for the church to recognize this as a legitimate mission field that deserves yes. our attention. Yes, that's right, Justin. Wow. Jeez. All right, if you're listening to this, what are you, what are you doing with your life? All right, you listen to this podcast, cool. Now, what are you gonna go do? They're saving 20 babies a week around the country through a 501c3. I know their operating budget. I won't tell you it, but the point is, it's not huge. It's not massive. Okay, it doesn't even touch some other pro-life ministries. Not even close. Much less the behemoth of the Planned Parenthood budget. But look what Love Life does in their faithful stewardship of those funds with their staff and volunteers to save children, to save babies, to save families. What are you doing? Well, go to lovelife.org and uh, get involved, get trained up, and uh, we will equip you and train you up either via Zoom or in person, bring you over, fly you to a boot camp, and get you equipped in sidewalk counseling, post-abortion healing, orphan foster care, and mentor families. Take this to your church. Uh, if you need to fire up the people, bring me in to fire it up, and uh, we'll do it for free. And then we'll bring in the Love Life and get people engaged. So, uh, Justin, uh, lovelife.org, where else can people uh, connect and learn about? Uh, Love Life USA on social media, but lovelife.org is the best place to go. Wonderful. Yeah. All right, brother. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you, man. Love you, man. Thank Incredible. You for your voice. Incredible day. 
Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Lovelife.org, okay? Lovelife.org, Love Life USA on social media. Check out some of these stories. Incredible what God's doing. Uh, to uh, give the show a rating and review, help us reach more people, go to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and Rumble, please, because YouTube, I don't think, likes me right now. Rumble, uh, in case I'm ever pulled. And then uh, if you want to see my speaking schedule or book me for an event, go to sethgruber.com. And if you want to become an ally of the White Rose Resistance or book one of our stops for 2023 for the White Rose Resistance National Life Tour, go to www thewhiterose.life, thewhiterose.life, and tune in to our Instagram, all the new content for part of our White Rose launch if you want to get involved. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Unaborted.